Cantonese Kids. I'm Rose. And I'm Zara. And together we're presenting this weekly podcast about what's going on in our world today. Each week we cover top stories across world news, politics, science, technology, entertainment and art. This week we will be talking about the results of the US election, the UK's second lockdown, how Singapore schools are tracking children for COVID, the death of Sir Sean Connery, Bonfire Night and Remembrance Sunday. The huge story that has captured the world's attention this week has of course been the US election results and the news that Joe Biden, leader of the Democratic Party, will become the next president of the United States. The official voting day was 3rd November. However, it wasn't until the Saturday the 7th that Mr. Biden was officially declared the winner. This was largely due to the very high number of postal votes sent in as many voters preferred to vote by post due to the coronavirus pandemic. More than 100 million postal votes were received and these all take time to be processed and verified. Also, rules in some states don't allow election workers to begin this job until the actual election day. It made the results hard to predict as it was mainly Democrats who voted by post, with Republicans typically voting in person. In addition, Donald Trump filed a number of lawsuits in different states, alleging voting fraud, which delayed counting in some cases, but no concrete evidence is thought to have been provided. The winner of the election is determined through a system called the Electoral College. Each of the 50 states, plus Washington DC, is given a number of Electoral College votes, adding up to a total of 538 votes. States with larger populations get more Electoral College votes than smaller ones. A candidate needs to win 270 Electoral College votes to win the election. While votes are still being counted, Joe Biden reached a total of 279 college votes after 46 of the 50 states have announced their totals. In his first speech as president-elect, Joe Biden vowed not to divide but to unify America and said, it's time to heal. It is third time lucky for Mr. Biden, who was 77 years old and has tried twice before to run for president in 1988 and in 2008. He spent eight years as vice president alongside President Barack Obama. Mr. Biden was introduced by Kamala Harris, who will become the first female vice president in the country's history. The new president will be officially sworn into office on 20th January in a ceremony known as inauguration after a transition period to give him some time to appoint cabinet ministers and make plans. Mr. Trump has yet to concede, however, and has not spoken publicly since his defeat was announced while he was playing golf. He has vowed to contest the election results on several fronts. Spontaneous celebrations erupted in major cities after the media announced Mr. Biden's victory on Saturday. Disappointed Trump supporters demonstrated in some cities, but there were no reports of major incidents. Hello, this is Zara, and I'm here with our usual update on the coronavirus pandemic. This week, alongside the US election, the news was dominated by the new lockdown in England. 
Prime Minister Boris Johnson announced a four-week lockdown and on the 4th of November it was voted through Parliament with the government winning the vote by 516 to 38 to combat the increase in coronavirus cases. Mr Johnson told members of Parliament that a second lockdown was not something any of us wanted to do but that the restrictions represented the best and safest path for our country. So on the 5th of November England entered its second national lockdown which means that everyone is required to stay at home unless they have to go out for specific reasons such as to go to school or to go to work if their work cannot be done from home. All non-essential shops, pubs and gyms were ordered to close. Households are not allowed to mix indoors or in private gardens but people will be able to meet one other person that they do not live with in an outdoor public place like a park or a beach. Going on holiday and overseas travel is not allowed unless it is for work or an essential trip. The big difference from the first lockdown for children is that schools will remain open so children can still see their school friends. Playgrounds will also not close, although you must maintain your distance from other children. And finally, if you are usually looked after by a childminder, that can still continue to happen as childcare bubbles are still allowed. Here in the UAE, cases are rising, although the situation is not as bad as Europe. A lot of tests have been carried out to identify people who might be carrying the virus. The College Times reported that as of the 5th of November, over 13.6 million tests have been carried out so far. The other important piece of news from this part of the world is that the ruler of Dubai, Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid al-Maktoum, has received the COVID-19 vaccine. The vaccine has also been administered to frontline medical workers, senior officials and some members of the cabinet after it received approval from the UAE government for limited use in September this year. I really hope the vaccine is effective and that we can all return to our old lives. Hello, this is Isa with some more news relating to the pandemic. This week it was announced that pupils in Singapore will have to use the city's contract tracing app called Trace Together or Wearable Devices from December. Both the app and the wearable device uses Bluetooth signals to log any contract with other users' devices. Now, not all peoples have a phone, so free tokens are being given away at community centres doing the same job. The Singapore government had already said that the Trace Together app or token will be required in restaurants, workplaces and shopping centres. Now, pupils will also be required to have the Apple token and they will not be able to go to school unless they have the token or app with them. Schools in Singapore have been open since June and this requirement is part of a wider effort to allow better tracing in a higher risk settings which might be busy. I think this is a very clever idea because it means that those who have been near anyone that has tested positive can be told about it quite easily and then they can go and also get themselves tested to make sure they are okay and if they are not okay then they can go into quarantine and it will stop the virus from spreading. Hi, it's Lovie here. 
some sad news again, as it was announced last week that the actor Sir Sean Connery, who became famous for playing the spy James Bond, died at the age of 90. So Sean died peacefully in his sleep in the Bahamas, having been unwell for some time, his son said. His acting career spanned seven decades, and he won an Oscar in 1988 for his role, The Untouchables. However, it is for playing the spy James Bond in the movie versions of Ian Fleming's famous books that the actor was best known. He first played James Bond in Doctor No in 1962 and went on to appear in five other official films, as well as the unofficial Never Say Never Again in 1983. He was knighted by the Queen in 2000 and in August this year, he celebrated his 90th birthday. We will miss you, Sir Sean Connery. Hi, it's Rose here. Last week, it was Bonfire Night on the 5th of November. But just like Halloween, celebrations were very different due to the ongoing pandemic, particularly because the UK's latest lockdown started the very same day. Bonfire Night is usually a big event in the UK. It marks the anniversary of a failed attempt to blow up the Houses of Parliament on 5th November in 1605. And so each year on the state, people across the UK celebrate the failure of the plot with fireworks, bonfires, sparklers and toffee apples. So what happened in 1605? A man named Guy Fawkes plotted with some friends to kill King James I and his government because of religion. England was a Protestant country, but the plotters were Catholic and wanted England to be Catholic again. So Guy Fawkes and his group put 36 barrels of gunpowder in cellars underneath the House of Parliament in London, ready to set off a huge explosion. However, one member of Fawkes' group sent a letter to his friend who worked in Parliament, warning him to stay away on 5th of November. The King's supporters got hold of the letter and the plot was discovered. The plotters were arrested and later executed and the plot became known as the gunpowder plot. Fireworks and bonfires on 5th November celebrate the plot's failure. If it had succeeded, England's history would have changed forever. Hello, this is Zara. This week, on the 11th of November, it will be Remembrance Day, also known as Armistice Day. The day marks the day that World War I ended at 11am on the 11th day of the 11th month in 1918. It was also Remembrance Sunday this week. Remembrance Sunday is marked on the second Sunday in November every year and this commemorates the contribution of British and Commonwealth military and civilian servicemen and women in the two world wars and also later conflicts. In the days leading up to Remembrance Day, lots of people wear poppies. The poppy is a symbol to remember all those that have lost their lives around the world in World War I and also those that have died on behalf of their country. Poppies are used as a symbol because they are the flowers which grew on the battlefield after World War I ended and this is described in a very famous poem called In Flanders Fields. The annual poppy appeal is run by the Royal British Legion and the money raised from the donations is used to help service men and women who are still alive and whose lives have been affected by the wars that they have fought. It is also used to help the families of service men and women who lost their lives because of wars. 
This year, as well as wearing a poppy, you can also show support by using a digital poppy on social media sites or by displaying a picture of a poppy that you have downloaded. Usually, every year, there are ceremonies at war memorials and churches throughout the UK and abroad to mark Remembrance Sunday. The British royal family and politicians gather at the Cenotaph in Whitehall, London for memorial service along with about 10,000 people. This year, things were very different because of the pandemic. There was a ceremony at the Cenotaph attended by the Queen and some of her family members and the Prime Minister. Normally, Whitehall is packed, but this year, people were encouraged to watch this at home. Although England is in lockdown and there are different restrictions across the rest of the UK, the government confirms that remembrance services and events could be held as long as there were strict social distancing measures in place. At 11am Greenwich Mean Time, the annual two-minute silence was held across the UK and people were advised to observe the silence in honour of those who lost their lives in conflicts from their doorsteps. That's all for this week. I hope you enjoyed our show and thank you for listening.